Hey everyone and welcome to this episode of Small Talk Bigger Ideas. I am your host Neil Lopez and on this podcast I interview fellow entrepreneurs, creatives, musicians, artists, um, and all the sorts of like. The purpose of this podcast is to talk about their business, their passion, and their creativity and we just have freestyle conversation with the hope that our small talk will lead you and motivate you to a bigger idea. Today's guest is Dawn Garrison. Thank you, Dawn. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. No problem. Happy to have you here. So tell um, the listeners and the viewers a little bit about you. I know a little bit about you as well as you being TikTok famous. Um, You do acupuncture. Yes. Okay, great. I don't know a lot about it, so (laughs) this should be a good episode. Okay. Yeah, so um, I've got my doctorate in acupuncture and Mm -hmm. Chinese um, medicine. Okay. So it is, I've been doing this for, which is crazy to think, um, I graduated 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so I've been practicing for about nine years, Um, recently relocated here to Spartanburg. I'm originally from California. Oh, wow. So yeah. That was a big move. Yeah, yeah, big move bit of a culture shock. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I imagine. (laughs) Um, So, but it's been actually really good. I feel like I do a lot more good here than I ever did in my practice, um, when I was in California. Mm -hmm. So I really like the fact that there's a lot, like there's a bigger array of different types of, um, issues that I get a treat here, which is really nice. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people haven't had an expectation of what acupuncture is, which has pluses and minuses, right? So I really, it's been interesting because I feel like I've been needing to do a lot more education, mm-hmm. but then, and that's actually how I got on to TikTok. Oh, okay. Um, so. Yeah, she's TikTok famous. I'm going to put some of her uh, videos <laughs> here up on the screen if you don't mind. No, no, go for That'll it. be our B-roll. <laughs> but yeah, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. I looked at your TikTok. I'm like, thousands of views per video. I was like, Wow. That's pretty neat knowing someone that, you know, gets some good synergy on TikTok. Yeah, that was a crazy, that was a crazy thing. So I've, I'm not a big social media person, obviously up until that point, it was one of those stories of the third video I did went viral mm-hmm. um, and it got 2 million views. So I wow. went from like no followers to 15,000 followers in five days. Wow. And then that first month I had 200,000 followers. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Is this how it works? No, it's just so you know, that's not how it typically works. That's just like a strike of the match and it just happened or something. Yeah, that's crazy. It blew up. And so, um, and it's been an interesting ride because, you know, once you have that kind of success, you sort of assume that that's going to be how it goes. Mm -hmm. And then you realize, like, anytime you're doing sort of creation, it goes through its ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm right now at about a little over half a million followers. But honestly, I've been there for probably a couple of months now. Right. So it's, it's this funny, like, okay, like trying to figure out my new momentum right. and and bringing it back. Because that at some point, you do need reinvent. Right. You know, right. the things that were working really well in the beginning aren't working as much now, especially because TikTok keeps changing their... Mm-hmm algorithm and their platform and more creators are coming on. So you kind of have to up your game a little bit. So it's been, it's been a big learning curve for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. So So are you, um, one of the, are you in the TikTok creator program since you have such a good following? I, um, I was, I actually decided to get out of it. Um, I'm in a, this like TikTok mastermind group, um, basically for other people that are into TikTok and trying to like build that part Mm -hmm. of their business. Um, and I noticed that my views went down significantly when I joined. So I was in there for about a month. Um, I had like one or two videos go viral. You know, it's funny. You think like, Oh my goodness, you're going to be able to monetize this way. Mm -hmm. It's not really like if I was, um, Charlie, like, yeah, she's probably making thousands upon thousands of dollars every day just on the creator fund alone. But, um, sort of my, my level of, where I'm at, it's not quite there. And it wasn't quite worth the less amount of views that I was getting in exchange for that. And that was an interesting learning lesson too. So, okay. Um, and, but that's just my experience. Cause I know some people are doing really well with the creator funds. So, right, right. I mean, that's, it's still pretty probably gratifying, right. To, to yeah. get those type of things to happen to a social media account because it's hard. Yeah. You know, like with my YouTube channel, I always wanted to get 
monetized. But I'm like, no, it's not going to be hardly any money. It's not going to be worth it if that's all you're focused on. So that's why I just started doing it for fun. Yeah. And just throwing the content up there, trying to keep the channel alive. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, On your TikTok channel, Joe, Mm -hmm. Joe, (laughs) though, (laughs) um, tongue tied, you give a lot of tips and tutorials. Yes. Yeah, so that's what um, became really popular is basically just showing acupressure videos mm-hmm. and acupressure points. So the first one that went viral was this one right here, which is LI4, um, and it's really good for headaches, um, migraines, toothaches, mm. um, sinus issues. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just, this is the one, and I got so many positive feedback that it just started to keep going and going so that's sort of now what I'm known for Mm -hmm. and it's interesting TikTok um, you know most social media platforms I feel like you kind of end up niching down Mm -hmm. but specifically for TikTok they I'm now niched in one specific category which is interesting because I didn't start out in that category so now I'm kind of niched down into the fertility category because I had several videos go viral and now any of the other videos that I post don't get like I've been testing it out a little bit to try mm-hmm. and kind of while I'm revamping mine, trying to um, kind of figure out a different way to go about things. It's been interesting because I notice which videos go viral and which ones don't. And it's specifically now just anything basically on women's health goes does really well. Mm-hmm. Anything outside of that. Um, you know, it's extremely significant drop, right. you know? So I will have one video that I, like I just did. And, and, you know, I have, I think within a couple of days I had, and the, I want to say 500,000 views on it or something like that. And that was just for period pain. Mm-hmm. I did another one the next day. It has, you know, 10,000 views. Mm-hmm. So it's just that difference right. in, in how that works. It's right. just really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds very interesting. I tried TikTok for my um, uh, photography when I was doing photography. Mm-hmm. The first video I posted, okay, it was a boudoir, but yes. it wasn't explicit or anything. It was a yeah. boudoir BTS behind the scenes of that type of shoot. It got 15,000. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Next several videos, 100, 200 <laughs> views. I'm like, hey, what's yeah. going on here? This is not <laughs> right. How, how do I have like a massive surge initially and then boom, nothing. Yeah. So I'm not a big TikTok person. I, I watch it for the funnies. Yes. But and then I scroll through your feed as well. It's mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff on there and tips. So, of course, I'm going to leave her TikTok um, in the description and I'll actually pop it on the screen right now if you guys want to go follow her. So um, that's very interesting. It's very good. Um, is that mainly your platform for talking about your knowledge and sharing your knowledge? Well, it sort of has turned into that. So I have my local business, right? Mm-hmm. So I have my local practice, um, which is in Spartanburg, um, okay. Carolina Family Acupuncture. Okay. And I, you know, I have a Facebook page. I've got a website. I have um, an Instagram account. You know, all of those ones. I think you even attempted a Twitter, but Twitter mm-hmm. just wasn't my thing. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, I, I started the um, TikTok with the idea of growing my local practice, mm-hmm. which is now realizing like, okay, I have an international audience on there, but hardly anybody from this particular region. So I decided that I'm going to branch out and start doing um, coursework and online courses mm-hmm. as well in addition to my um, my physical practice. Right, And right. so that's kind of what I've been doing. So it's been interesting. The TikToks really helped me, I feel like, gain more awareness around here, mm-hmm. but not necessarily direct patients directly from TikTok. Sure. Because yeah. it's, such a, it's such a broad thing compared to... It's harder to localize it, I feel like, instead of like Instagram or Mm -hmm. Facebook, you can really either directly advertise to your location or you use the hashtags. Um, TikTok, at least in the beginning when I first started, it didn't. Um, And so I now have, you know, people that follow me from Australia Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um, India before it got banned and... (laughs) uh, you know, Malaysia and England and mm-hmm. Canada, you know, and all over. And a few, some people from Spartanburg, but mm-hmm. not compared, you know, the majority of my audience is sort of international, which has been a really interesting, um, it's been really, it's been really interesting. <laughs> right. I bet you got a lot of folks over there saying probably 
it's kind of a mixed bag of things, huh? About yeah. what you do, especially over in the European and probably the places that practice their own type of medicine, I guess, if you will. Is that fair to say? Um, do you get do you get any harsh criticism? I mean, it's it's the internet, so yes. I imagine you do because I get spam and 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 jerk comments all the time. But how has your experience been with that? So for the most part, it's been pretty good. It's been interesting because you can tell when you're reaching beyond your actual audience, mm -hmm. when like your followers, when you start getting those negative comments, right? So on some level, those negative comments are helpful because mm -hmm. you know, okay, this video is now going viral because right. hey, somebody just called me like Karen, right? <laughs> so it's like, okay. Yeah. So that's been really interesting. Um, you know, and I definitely get some, mm -hmm. some hate, but the overwhelming amount of responses that I've gotten from people have been like, thank you. Mm, and, um, you know, please help me and I want more information. And so that's the reason why I decided you know, that I'm going to start doing coursework. I just finally put together, um, a lead gen. I don't know why it took me so long to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm really close to launching like just as a little mini course, mm -hmm. but I just had multiple DMS of like, help me do this, help me fix this, help me do this. And it's just, you know, I'm so used to, thinking about patients on one-to-one -one, interacting with them and, you know, using needles and mm -hmm. herbs and, you know, you can't do that with somebody who's, you know, on the other side of the world. So I've been really kind of figuring out and trying to think about how to, um, help people in kind of a, a bigger way. But, you know, sometimes I get this, these amazing feedbacks and right. it's just, it, it's kind of, it's extremely humbling. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it also reinforces, you know, I've been practicing, like I said, for 10 years and I still get amazed that it works so well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's really, and especially just from people that are doing acupressure points that I'm teaching them on TikTok, Right. And they tell me, Oh my gosh, I got pregnant. You know, I've had several of those videos of like people texting me from, um, you know, the comments saying like, I got pregnant. I've been doing your acupressure points. Wow. Thank you so much. Or like this got rid of my headache or like, mm -hmm. I don't have period pains anymore. And mm -hmm. when you get those, it's just, it's kind of like a high, right. you know? So I imagine because what you were giving to them helped. Yeah. And that's always, that always feels good to help someone. Yeah. Especially with everyday stuff like that. Because yeah. a lot of folks deal with that stuff every single day. And it's exactly. usually mild to severe. Yeah. Like I deal with headaches a lot because I stare at the computer screen. So. Right. Like you said before, I always rub that part <laughs> of my hand and I'm like, it goes away. Yeah. I don't have anybody to rub here, which I would know. be better. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, those things definitely help. So it sounds like you need to be on YouTube. So I do have technically a YouTube channel. Okay. Um, I have probably about five or six videos. My thing right now is just overwhelm with mm. the amount of social media content that I need to, to do create, yeah. and to create to be able to kind of go to that next level. Gotcha. Um, YouTuber here. She can, use, <laughs> she can use my help. We're going to talk about that after. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Yes. What's your YouTube channel though? Just so we, maybe we can get you some subscribers. Yeah. I don't even see this is how uh -oh. sad it is. No, it's, I can, you can find it via TikTok. I don't okay. even know. Can okay. you name it? I think yeah. it's called like Dr. Don AccuDoc, but okay. I don't know if that's the actual name oh, okay. or if you okay. can find it that way. Like, well, if this you is have, how sad if it you is. have a hundred, well, you can name your channel regardless. Okay. If you have a hundred subscribers you can give it his own custom url so youtube like mine is youtube.com forward slash creative neil okay so you could do the same once you reach 100 subscribers but you could still title your channel whatever you want to title it okay so i titled the channel i didn't know about that mm -hmm. i'm at 800 subscribers right oh, now oh yeah fantastic um again all that's traffic organic traffic from TikTok. from tiktok that's what a lot of folks have done yeah. they have driven that tiktok traffic over to youtube for yeah. the more long form yeah you know content um, so that's great. Yeah. And, and what is it again? What's your YouTube channel? Um, Dr. Don AccuDoc. Okay. So I will attempt to put the URL in there. Right. Um, haven't gotten that far yet. No, no worries. <laughs> There's no worries. I mean, as long as you're getting views and subscribers, that's yeah. a good thing. But so, I haven't been consistent either. I understand. Right? So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's hard to do, especially when you're running a business. Yes. You have your normal life. Yes. And then you have to tackle social media all by yourself. It's a lot because even yeah. with me having a lot of time, because um, as we were talking about earlier, I do weddings. That's not every uh, an everyday thing thing. Right. Um, I find it hard to want to do Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram. Like, I'm like, I don't even want to spend this much time on here. Yeah. Now, there are programs out there that will allow you to propagate your content. So if you put all your content on there and you schedule it to go out to certain platforms like Hootsuite, for example. Yeah, I use Hootsuite. You can, you can yeah. do that. But, I mean, it's you still got to work that stuff in and get mm-hmm. it scheduled. It's, it's just a lot. Yeah. So, um, but I like what you're doing with the TikTok. Thank it's, you. It's really awesome. And then the fact that you know that that's a way to, you know, generate traffic over to YouTube, that's great too. Yeah. And so, you know, it's been interesting because I also recognize that it's like market research, mm-hmm. right? So you can determine, I, I now know what people are wanting mm-hmm. based upon what videos have gone viral, which right. is a really interesting thing because I know a lot of people will try to create stuff beforehand and then get it popular. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of did it the opposite direction where now I have an audience and now I'm just kind of scrambling to right. give them things. You figured out what they particularly want. And that, yeah. I think that's why I see a lot of part ones, part twos or whatever on TikTok mm-hmm. because they've established, like you said, mm-hmm. what their audience wants and they create more content based on that. And I think that helps with the algorithm. Yeah. Al- algorithm. Yes. <laughs> Golly, I can't talk to them. Um, to push your content out more. Yeah. So I, I like that. I mean, you get it. A lot of people don't understand that strategy. And in case you are looking to grow your YouTube channel and you have some sort of good, you know, TikTok following, use TikTok to your advantage to, you know, direct that traffic over to YouTube. It does work. She's a, you know, mm-hmm. good example. Um, so, okay, enough about TikTok. Let's yes. talk about the actual <laughs> acupuncture. Yeah, totally. So besides the treatments that you can do personally for yourself, yeah. you mentioned needles. That's, is that the traditional Chinese way of doing acupuncture? Or what's your, what's your type of acupuncture that you practice mostly on a, I guess, weekly basis? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question. So I'm going to kind of give the precursor to that maybe answer first. Okay. So, so acupuncture is just part of Chinese medicine, mm-hmm. which I feel like a lot of people don't, aren't familiar with just because it's such a new concept here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's technically five branches of Chinese medicine. So acupuncture is just one of them. And ah. it includes acupuncture and moxa, um, which is a... F- like a heat therapy that you use mugwort basically and use it over the acupressure points or acupuncture points to stimulate. Um, and it also includes acupressure within that first like branch. Okay. Then we have um, Chinese herbalism. Um, so it's not just single herbs. There are multiple formulas that are do spe- very specific types of things to treat very specific types of patterns in the body. Okay. Um, and then we also have Twina massage, which in China, um, it is, they, they manipulate everything. It's, you know, they do it for, um, paralysis and for people with Parkinson's mm. and for like all these really, um, intense conditions and here in the United States we don't use it quite to that same level Mm -hmm. um but it still can be very effective you know pain management tool then there's uh forms of like physical energetic exercise so qigong and tai chi would fall underneath that category and then the last category or the last branch is basically dietetics right so different types of foods do different types of things in the body so chinese medicine in and of itself is like a whole holistic system and it has been around for thousands and thousands of years Mm -hmm. um here in the united states we mostly use it with acupuncture um and to, to stimulate those points, but you can also use light therapy. You can use like lasers to mm-hmm. stimulate those points. You can use, some people use magnets. You can use, um, sound like, um, tuning forks on different acupressure points and you can use, um, like electric stimulation as well. Oh. So typically the way that I treat in practice, um, I have a couple of different modalities or I should, should say I have a couple of different, um, things that I specifically see a lot of, which is pain, fertility, and stress and anxiety. I would say those are kind of like the three things that I treat majority of um, every single day. Yeah. I'm your, I'm your perfect patient. 
Pain mostly. Yeah. I'm sorry. Continue. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I do a lot of like sciatic pain, neck pain, um, shoulder pain, low back pain, foot pain, plantar mm. fasciitis, you know, arthritis. That's kind of my bread and butter, I would okay. say. And the thing that people most recognize with acupuncture, and it's a thing that if you actually have insurance that covers it here in South Carolina, um, is covered. Wow. So in California, it was 100% coverage rate. Mm-hmm. Here in South Carolina, it's not. So yeah. I just have a cash practice. Um, but I, you know, I provide super bills and stuff like that. So if somebody has insurance, they can um, then submit it and get reimbursed. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Yeah. Sounds like you do a lot there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's got to take a lot to know those different modalities and how to practice them. Um, I mean, what made you want to get into doing acupuncture? Um, so I was actually a theater arts major, um, before, which is how I think I found TikTok again. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but I, when I got out of school, I realized I didn't actually want to kind of dive deep into that. Mm -hmm. I was a little over it at that point. And so I did, I think what most college kids do when they get out of college is that I kind of bummed around for a couple years and tried to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and my dad actually, he put me into massage school Ah. and I really loved it. Mm -hmm. And I had this one teacher who taught Twina, which is like I said before, the form of Chinese medicine massage. So she taught me Twina and then also taught me um, about acupressure points and started teaching me a little bit about the philosophy of it. And as soon as I found the philosophy of it, I just completely fell in love. Ah. Um, And so I actually went to acupuncture school, or I should say I signed up for my orientation and on my orientation was the first time I ever actually received acupuncture. So I actually knew I wanted to go down that route even before trying it. Right. So Um, what was your first acupuncture experience? How did you feel after? I mean, obviously you felt good besides learning about it, but the actual physical, is that what really tipped you over the fence to say, this is exactly what I want to do because I felt a certain way about it? Or does it take more treatments than that? Um, that's a good question. It typically takes more treatments. Okay. Um, I feel like if somebody is undergoing things like chiropractic or they are a massage therapist or they do yoga or are really body conscious, Mm -hmm. typically it doesn't take as many treatments, um, more because I feel like they're already kind of in tune with their body. Mm -hmm. When I have somebody that's never, you know, doesn't do a lot of that kind of piece, it can take a little bit longer. Um, but typically the way that it, it's broken down, for example, for pain. If I have somebody who has an acute injury, you know, they just had shoulder pain and neck pain, something like that. It's only been around for about six months. Typically it's pretty easy to get rid of. Um, it can take up to about 12 treatments. And then after that, they're, they're good on average. Um, if it's chronic issues, they've been dealing with it for years. It's going to take about 24 treatments to get them to the place where they don't need to come and see me anymore. Um, so, and it's because there's kind of different phases that it goes through. So you can typically get rid of the pain pretty quickly. I would say within the first six to maybe eight treatments, depending on the severity of it, Mm -hmm. um, or at least get a big reduction of it. And unfortunately a lot of acupuncturists will stop then. The problem is, is then it'll come back in a couple of months (laughs) because they're not actually treating the root cause or, and, and that's not, that's not fair to say, but, um, I sometimes get the patients of like, oh yeah, my acupuncturist just did three treatments and it was all better, but then it came back. Right. So um, that's not something you can be complacent with, right? You still need to, every, I mean, because you still have the problem. Yeah. It's just relieving the majority of the problem, so you still kind of need to do maintenance, correct? Yes. Yeah. Just like I mean, working out. You can't work out, get in shape, and then just start eating whatever the hell you want, and then right. expect not to gain the weight. I mean. The offset has to be there, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, once you you get your body, though, once you get your body in tune, like if you're working out, then it's a lot easier to get back to that place, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you may kind of hurt a couple of days <laughs> if you finally decide to go back in the gym, right. but your bu- muscles have that muscle memory. Mm-hmm. So it, it is very similar with that concept with acupuncture. Gotcha, so. gotcha. And, and the thing about acupuncture, correct me if I'm wrong, does it remove toxins from your body if you do like the needle version? 
Um, it can. So typically what we, we use the term, you know, that we have this concept of qi, right, in mm -hmm. Chinese medicine, um, which is basically just, it's kind of a catch-all. There's multiple different types of qi within the body. Um, but yes, it can move toxins. Um, typically... Cupping, I, I feel like, is the thing that people okay, typically that's what I'm think about, about yeah. with removal of toxins. Typically, with acupuncture, what we're doing is a couple of different things. Um, we're basically getting the chi to start moving within the body. And once everything's moving again, then your body's naturally capable of removing the toxins, right? Because mm -hmm. we have our, our natural systems that are in place, such as the lymphatic system its job is to remove toxins mm -hmm. in the body. But mm -hmm. what ends up happening sometimes is it gets kind of sluggish right. and it's not really doing its job because maybe we ate too much or drank too much too many times in a row. And mm -hmm. so our body kind of gets a little sluggish. So the acupuncture kind of wakes it up. I always say that I'm basically a, because it's not me doing the healing, right? It's your body that's doing the healing. All I am is like a fancy switchboard operator. Gotcha. Right? That and it's just, <laughs> just kind of like telling your body what we're just start focusing. Right, right. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. It does. Okay. It does. It does. Um, <laughs> that's a good explanation of it. So it's basically like a kickstart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's just kind of like fine tuning. So mm -hmm. in the first cup that, and that's part of the reason why in the beginning I had want to have people come in at least twice a week okay? because we are trying to kickstart it. Mm -hmm. Once we'd started to kickstart and, and that momentum is going, then we can kind of start backing off on the treatments. The body will still heal, and we, but it's more fine tuning at that point. So maybe once a week after that point? Yeah. Okay. And then once you get to a place, um, you know, where you're pretty much completely out of pain or, you know, whatever's dealing, whatever it is that you're dealing with, we move down to every other week and then move you basically into maintenance care, which is for most people once a month, it's kind of like if you go to, um, you know, a chiropractor, they'll typically tell you the same thing. Or if you do a massage, it's just to kind of keep everything flowing for wellness and basically to help, um, increase and help your immune system. Right. Um, right. You know, those, those types of wellness pieces. Right. And I imagine a big part of what you do as well also depends on what someone's diet is. Oh my goodness. Yes. I mean, that, that <laughs> should be a big factor, right? You can't just be cramming your body full of junk and I'm a sucker for sweets. Yes. Oh, mainly because I'm type two diabetic <laughs> and I don't, I crave them. Mm -hmm. I guess when my body tells me I need them, of course I'll eat a something every now and again. Right. But sometimes I just feel like I need some sugar. Yeah. Um, but I imagine, you know, eating has a big thing to do with what you're doing. Yeah. Um, because it probably makes it a lot harder if you're just shoving crap in your body. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I typically say that if, if somebody's kind of dealing with multiple different issues, um, you know, maybe not just diabetes, but like <clears throat> diabetes and Parkinson's or diabetes and hyperthyroidism or, you know, once they start kind of accruing more conditions, mm -hmm. it's going to take your body a lot longer to get out of that. Mm -hmm. Um, just because it's taken it a long time to get in. So it's going to take some time to get out. Right. Right. Um, but it's yeah, easier going in than now. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's, it's interesting because I feel like every place diet is one of the more challenging things to get people to shift because a big piece of it is not just food, but there is habit involved and memory mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. Um, emotions and it's just it's a big it's a big conversation so typically where I try to start is just you know if we can start removing the really intense pieces that do more long-term harm which is you know refined sugar if possible um, and you know really processed foods, artificial colors, artificial mm -hmm. flavors, um, sweeteners, artificial sweeteners, all of those, because those have the biggest negative impact on our bodies. Um, and the funny thing is, is that those ones, when you give that up, <laughs> you go through a detox. Mm -hmm. So I've had patients that have given up things like, and you don't think about this, but like the monster drinks oh, or rock awful. stars yeah. and you know, cause they're drinking one or two or three of them a day they go through crazy withdrawals, like sweating and, you know, shaky, shaking probably. and the, and like really bad mood swings. 
Um, and it takes them a while to get it all out of their system, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's the same thing with, um, I feel like diet Coke is the worst. Um, I got Pepsi Max so. there. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, no I judgment mean, over here. But I, just, and the thing is, I, I, I crave soda too. And yeah. that's the thing. But I've been trying to drink more water and like uh, the Gatorade Zeros, the Powerade Zeros, yeah. um, you know, more water-based stuff. Yeah. Because I know the soda's not great for you either. Yeah, it's a hard one though because you know it is like I said, it's not just about um, you know the the food. If it was just simple as like okay, if I you know I'm just not going to do this thing, but it's not. It's a habit. It's yeah. like an and association. You, and you have to mentally prepare yourself for something yeah. like that. Like right now, I am struggling with the fact that I'm starting keto Monday. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm a, I'm a well, hopefully. That's awesome. I'm, though. I'm a prepping Sunday. Mm-hmm like my stuff for the whole week and I'm yep. just going to give it a whole week. And there's just something called master cleanse that I found like a drink. Um, mm-hmm. if you heard of it, yeah, I'm going to try that all week. Okay. And hopefully I'll make it out. <laughs> well, <laughs> just to let you know, it's probably typically for most people, the first three to four days is the worst. Mm-hmm. So it's a good thing that you're doing it for a whole week. Cause probably by Day six, day seven, you're going to start feeling better. Right. Um, you'll start having more clarity. But the 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 hardest part is that first chunk of time because you get foggy, you feel, mm-hmm. you know, icky. You don't have any energy, um, right. and it's because your body is going through with those withdrawal it's like, symptoms. Whoa, what are you doing to me? Exactly. But then it'll level out, I guess, if you will. It does. You actually end up getting more energy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, yeah, keto keto is a good one. Um, I've done I. You know, for patients that have had really severe issues that are just ready to, like, do whatever it takes, which, again, as you know, you have to kind of work your way up to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, Another really good one is Whole30, but that one's pretty extreme Mm -hmm. Um, because basically you're giving up... everything except for like you know certain types of proteins and vegetables fruits but it's like no sugar no um carbs at all it's similar to keto meat Uh, you can have meat but it's certain types of meat it's like it's a very it's similar to keto i would say um where it's just you know it's very different but if Mm -hmm. you're prepping that's a huge thing you know because that's the way that you're going to be successful you just have to be like that whole week, you just have to prep for that getting yeah. through that like fuzzy period. Right. And then I think it helps too, to have a plan in place instead yeah. of just kind of randomly doing something. Because I think most of the times when folks think about their health, they randomly think about it. Oh, okay. I need to work out. Oh, I need to do this short term thinking. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself now I'm 40. I need to lose weight. I need to have more energy. You know, I already have the back issue. So losing the weight um, cause I'm not that active except when I'm shooting a wedding all day. Right. Um, I think 80% of it for me would be my diet and then the rest would be, you know, walking, fast walking, doing some sort mm-hmm. of weight training. Um, I've just realized that I need to do something before it's too late. Yeah. 40 is not the new 20. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely, um, understand like diet being a big deal. Yeah. But like you said, it's hard. But again, you mentally have to prepare yourself for stuff like that. Yeah. And hopefully stick to it. I'm sure I'll be a little cranky. Yeah. But not much because it's not like I eat sweets every single day or drink soda every single day. Yeah. You know, but I can understand how it would affect most people. Yeah. That are just used to it. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had patients that drink, you know, six, six uh, Cokes a day and that that is a shift like yeah. a big shift you know that used to be me yeah but i mean i can only imagine what it's doing to your insides yeah even the, like the diet stuff is still not that great for you the diet stuff's worse really yeah. everyone says that yeah. why is it worse though so it's because it has to do with the artificial um the artificial sweeteners the artificial sweeteners i would much ha- rather have somebody to be on um Take regular processed white sugar any day over artificial sweeteners. Um, So there's been actually quite a few studies that have come out over, I want to say like past 10 years or so, probably even before that, that have shown that actually doing diet and having that artificial sweetener will lead to diabetes. (laughs) 
more so than just the processed sugar. And part of it is because it's a neurotoxin. Mm -hmm. And actually, like, the artificial colors, the artificial flavors, the artificial sweeteners, those are all neurotoxins. It's crazy to think about what they get away with putting in our foods. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't think Pepsi would like... (laughs) Take that away now. (laughs) I'm kind of done with them anyways after hearing all of this. Sorry. I know it's like I feel like I'm popping somebody, like the bubbles of, you know. I mean, if that's what it is, that's what it is. I always thought that the regular sugar, especially all the carbs that are in the regular drinks that turn into sugar, I thought that was worse for you. Well, and it's it's also not good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely also not good. But but I, it's it's that it's that other piece there. Um, and there's there's a lot of studies. Like there's studies that show that red dye number five or red what is it, red dye number forty, right? For example, or what is it? Now I can't remember. I'm like <laughs> it's one of those red dyes. Di- blue <laughs> like the red dyes, the blue dyes, all those dyes they will lead to things like ADHD potentially and like have these other long-term um negative effects on on people and there's been definitely times when I've had parents come in with our kids Mm -hmm. and we started getting them off those colors in their behavior changes like and it's the simplest thing because you don't think about it and the sad thing is most kids foods have artificial dyes in it. Mm-hmm. You have to be so careful. Like I have a five-year-old and I have to sit there and read the back of the label for everything. Mm. Um, because you just, you just don't know, you mm-hmm. know, even sometimes your organic stuff, yeah, it's organic, but it still has natural flavoring. Right. And that's not always the best either. Cause they don't actually tell you what that flavor right, is and exactly. what it does, you know? So it's it's uh it's just kind of a different way. I feel like we get complacent in what we eat, um, mostly because we're not taught to th- think about it. Right. You know. And life is busy, and it's always go go go. Exactly. So it's really hard to buckle down and watch what you're eating, yeah. if you will. I mean, because even the stuff that, like you said, is organic or um, like no, what is it? H M H. Oh, GMOs? GMOs, yeah. yeah. Non-GMOs? Non-GMO stuff. I still am skeptical of that too, right? Yeah. Because I'm like, well, is it 100% of what they say? Yeah. I think the only way to get around that is to grow your own stuff. Yeah. Or kill your own meat. Right. Um, But, you know, I guess if you're putting your best foot forward and going that route with those type of products then I guess you're doing something better than just picking up whatever you can. Yeah. But I think a lot of what I realize, and maybe a lot of people do as well, but I think a lot of people don't realize it costs a lot to eat healthy. It can. It can. Again, it's if you're doing what you're doing, though, in prepping, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can definitely do it more affordably. Right. But yeah, it, it's true. There's definitely this irony that eating healthy and, you know, doing those things that are going to make you feel better in the mm-hmm. long term mm-hmm. um, are the things that aren't covered by insurance most times or are there things that, um, you know, you you can't um, get as easily, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um so I know, I mean, this is such a huge topic, right? Food. And I, I'm not an expert in food. Right. I just know enough to try to start getting my patients to shift. My personal philosophy is that I'm all about balance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I never tell my patients to give up one thing 100%. Because as soon as you do, there's that piece of you that thinks like, you know, you, that resistance builds up. Mm-hmm, so I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of... Um, 2080 rule, which is basically like 80% of the time, eat really well, eat healthy. 20% of the time, allow yourself to eat that thing that you really crave. Right. Um, and again, it's, it's just because it's balanced. Like we, we, we need that. Otherwise, mm-hmm. how is life enjoyable? You right, know, exactly. occasionally you want a donut. It's like one day I just <laughs> need what I want. Yes. Exactly. And so there's, there's a level of freedom, mm-hmm. um, that allows yourself. And it's interesting, you know, when people actually do that, eventually you get to this place where you don't start, you're not craving that 20% as much anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as you tell somebody, no, you can't have it. Of course, that's the one thing that they want. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I found to 
to be the most effective thing for people. Now, again, if you're doing keto, that's different because that you have to get your body in a particular state, Mm -hmm. right? So you can't really do a 20% with that because then you move yourself out of that keto. Right. So, um, but you know, for most, for most people, when they kind of find that balance, I feel like that's, that's the most sustainable long-term. Yeah. I mean, it's just finding that, getting to that point. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, And hopefully if you're, you know, going that way and starting the journey or Mm -hmm. or in it, hopefully you can stick to it as well, because I'm sure it will benefit you in the long run. Yeah. Um, Especially as you get older. So um, what was I going to ask you? Oh, 2020. (laughs) (laughs) It's been it's been a it's been a sort of a bastard to all of us. Yeah. So how is it? affected or not affected your business um how do you see your business how did you see it going for 2020 and how has it went put it that way (laughs) well I think probably like everybody I had a very different plan Mm -hmm. um I had a full marketing plan that I wrote out that I was going to do all this stuff and of Mm -hmm. course that got tossed out um in March and you know ironically um I started TikTok back in February, which is the reason why I think it, I like got so many followers is because it was right before, um, you know, the COVID hit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, um, I feel like once COVID hit, my views started going down because everybody jumped on. Yeah. Everyone was at home. They had yeah. nothing else to do. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I mean, I still definitely gained momentum, but it wasn't that same momentum as I had in that first month, which is interesting to think of. But, mm-hmm. um, so that was definitely a big shift too. You know, I had, um, but I only was a needed to shut down for, well, actually I didn't even need to shut down. I chose to shut down for, um, basically a week just to kind of like clean up everything, um, give myself a mental break Mm -hmm. for a little bit and get some like healthy systems in there. And, and since then, you know, I'm trying to think, I want to say April was pretty slow. Um, And then middle of May, it started shifting again. And I think part of the reason why is because um, a lot of the elective surgeries were put on hold. Right. You know, so people that had all these pains that they couldn't get taken care of Mm -hmm. thought of acupuncture. Mm -hmm. So my practice has been doing actually pretty well with everything, despite the fact that I can't do, you know, as networking in the same way, or I can't do, you know, these other pieces. Um, so I, I, I kind of shifted my focus again, more on the, um, social media piece. Gotcha. So, gotcha. And I mean, I only asked that because you know, of the whole social distancing thing and interacting and being close, I imagine, you know, you probably have a, some mixed bag as far as your clients that want to come or scared to come or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Because you are a hands-on type of business and yeah. you're and you hands-on with your clients. Yeah. So, so sort of the way that I implement it. So I have a four room office, um, and just a waiting room and it's basically just me. My dad is my receptionist, so oh, okay. he, which is really nice. So he's the person, if you ever call, he's the person that you'll um, talk to on the phone. That's so he, cool. but he just does that from home, Oh, okay. but that's a huge help. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was cause that way I don't have to answer phones, mm-hmm. which, oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, you can focus on your yeah. yeah your skill. Yeah. So um so what I typically do is I do my best, and again sometimes you, it gets stacked up, but everybody has to wear a mask. Um, you know, I have hand sanitizer everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've been drinking it practically. This you yeah. know, not a super big fan of it in general, but you know I understand the practicality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I do is I try to basically rotate my patients out so that there's not really only one patient if they're in the waiting room. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then everybody has to wear masks and then, uh, you know, we, I use table paper. Um, I sanitize the headrest and I have like disposable stuff on that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so those are sort of the ways that, you know, and then we do 
lots of bleach, which again, I was never a fan of before. Right. Um, and the fumes are awful for you. Yeah. I don't so, even clean. I like, I will, I won't clean with bleach. Yeah. I'll just pour it in my toilet and shut the lid. Yeah. Let it sit in there for a little while and then flush it. You yeah. know, I don't, I don't, that stuff's not good for you. But no. anyways, sorry. No, no. And it, it, it's definitely, I'm not a big fan of it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have HIPAA filters um, everywhere, which I had anyway because mm-hmm. I do Moxa. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that, yeah, I'm the sure you were. Stuff. I'm sure you were very clean beforehand. Yeah, so. just like if anyone that deals with people that yes. sit on their tables <laughs> and chairs and stuff, it's like nothing new. Just yeah. because COVID happened, I mean, we yeah. didn't. Well, supposedly, hopefully, we didn't forget about our common basic hygiene. You know, right. so I mean, it's just it's just crazy. Um, yeah, it's overblown. Yeah, I don't. I don't discount the fact that it's real, but the flu kills, and not to get into this, but the flu kills millions a year. Mm-hmm. And you know, not one virus is better than the other. But I mean, it's just it's affected a lot of businesses. That's why I asked that question yeah. to you. Um, businesses are barely holding on. Yeah. Um, but I think it's good for the health industry because a lot of people are at home; they yeah. can't do certain things. And like you said, they want to alleviate some of the health concerns and problems that they have, or at least work on it. Yeah. Well, and then people are more health conscious, right? Mm-hmm. So the thing that I, I'm hoping comes out of this, right? Like the silver lining is that people start being more proactive and we move away from this concept of, oh, I have a problem now I need to go fix it into preventative care. Mm-hmm. Like that, like that concept I feel like is it just it needs to sink in right because you you can prevent yourself from getting sick or at least on an ongoing you know help your body stack the deck mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know the odds are a lot less right and that again goes back to what we we're talking about it was like eating well and exercising and like you know there's this meme that um as acupuncturist always gets post around you know on all the different pages but it's basically this like little cartoon of somebody sitting on a doctor's table and a doctor right there and the doctor's prescribing and he says so what i want you to do is go for a walk every day, um, you know, meditate twice a day for 20 minutes, eat well, get enough sleep and rest and all of, you know, and then come back and see me in, in eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it, and it seems such a silly thing and it seems like such a simple thing, but honestly, lifestyle, like that's the thing that heals people. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, I feel like a lot of what I do is just to start teaching people about how to start taking care of themselves. And with acupuncture, you know, people lose weight. Part of the reason why they do that is because they start feeling better. And then once they start feeling better, it's like that positive. Leads them to become more active. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they start becoming more active and then they feel even better. And mm-hmm. so it's like that upward spiral versus where we get stuck in this downward spiral of, you know, oh, my back hurts, so I can't exercise. And then like, you I, know. Yeah, I definitely get that because... I'm not one to complain a lot. I've been dealing with three bad discs for four years. Yeah. Um, I should and, give you my card. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. I mean, we're definitely going to talk about that. And it's it's the nerve, you know, messing with the disc and yeah. whatnot. And unfortunately, I've had to take medicine for it. But now, it barely takes the edge off. So mentally, yeah. I've just learned how to deal with pain. Like, I'll bounce my leg. I'll think about something else. But when I'm working, it's less noticeable because mentally I go somewhere else. I'm focused on somewhere else because pain is, you know, relative, I guess, if you right. will. Um, but yeah, like you said, the lifestyle mm-hmm. of, of just trying to get into it. And, you know, most people will probably look at that meme and be like, that's too much to deal with. Do this, do that, you know, because yeah. life is, life is hectic and crazy enough. And just trying Very to have so. a normal baseline is just tough, especially with everything that's going on this year. Mm-hmm. It's just like mental capacity is probably just at its peak. But that's why it's so important. Like that's Besides the, funny the physical, thing. it may help the mental. It does so much so. Mm-hmm. So that's the other piece that you don't think about. You know, that's where the, the idea of holistic medicine really, I feel like, shines because, um, you know, helping the mental also helps the physical Mm -hmm, and helping mm -hmm. the physical helps the emotional spiritual part and helping, you know, and it all kind of plays and ties into itself. So when somebody starts doing something like exercising, right, what happens? Their bodies produce more endorphins. Mm -hmm. What does that do? It helps them feel better. And like, and not to discount, you know, serious mental health conditions that people do have in their legitimate, you know, but it does help, those 
it, it, but it helps, it can help anybody feel better. And sometimes people need additional help, right? But it's, it's a good baseline, like you said, to be able to start, you know, helping our lives. And the truth is, is that like, even for me, I have a hard time finding all the time, right? Like I have, like you said, like I own my own practice. Mm -hmm. I've got a, like I'm a single mom with a five-year-old and like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I'm TikTok famous, so now I have this like additional busy, busy lady. Yes, you know, <laughs> and so, but, but what I did this year because of everything is that I committed to self care even before my practice. Mm-hmm. So I now schedule all my patients around like my um, mental health, mm-hmm. which is like either doing yoga or going for a walk or doing something that I know I need to, so that I can show up better as a practitioner and as a mom. That's awesome. Um, but it took me, you know, like I said, I've been practicing for almost 10 years now. Mm-hmm. It's taken me, you know, since to 2020 to like really implement and put that part of myself first. Right. Um, and realizing, well, if I do that and I put myself first, then I'm capable of actually showing up for other people in a much more legitimate and um, grounded way. Right, right. And that's really important. Um, yeah. You know, and I think we need to get over the stigma of mental health. You know, it's something that a lot of people don't want to talk about. And it's important personally, I think, because just the way your body feels Mm -hmm. can mess with your mental health. It can mess with your thought process, make you think things that you shouldn't think, Mm -hmm. uh, make you react or act a certain way. So I like that you take the time because I can imagine as a single mom running a business, doing your social, it's, you can get caught up in just doing all that, not taking time for yourself. Yeah. So to say, Hey, I come first so I can be better for everyone else. Yeah. That's a big leap forward. Yeah. And it took, like I said, it took me a long, long time to get that. And I I think part of the reason why it's so hard is we're also taught to put other people first. And it's this funny concept that like taking time for yourself means you're selfish. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's such a horrible thing. Mm -hmm. But there's positive to that. Right. It's like you have to fill up your own cup. Otherwise, you become resentful. Right. And you're not able to show up. And like I also try to really teach my patients that because it's okay, right? If you need a certain amount of, of alone time or you need something specific to be able to function mm-hmm. at your highest, do that. Because when you're capable of functioning at your highest, you can give so much more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it, And that's the thing that I think people get stuck on is like, okay, well, I'm putting myself first, which means I'm selfish. You can actually put yourself first for other people, mm-hmm. right? So I'm putting myself first for my son and my patients. Right, <laughs> right. And like that was the way, unfortunately, I had to reframe it. But mm-hmm. as soon as I actually did that, and now I'm capable of doing it for myself too. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, I had to reframe it and say like, I'm putting myself forward for other people. Mm-hmm. It's just the old cliche, typical saying, you know, better you or you know mm-hmm. make it make it be the best you that you can and I, I hate when people say that but yeah I mean you put it much more eloquently you know <laughs> but be the best you can be it's like okay right. I'm trying it's, it's really hard but um I imagine with some mental capacity mm-hmm. like you said taking care of yourself being preventative being proactive I mean because once you have the problem it's a much harder to reverse that yes so Essentially, take care of yourself in every physical aspect you can, acupuncture, mm-hmm. eating right, mm-hmm. um, and taking time for your mental health yourself. Yes. Because if nothing else, this year has probably made a lot of people sway in a, a really dark or negative <laughs> yeah. way, and it's it's awful. Um, so I think everyone needs to be more conscious about, like she said, take time, no matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Single mom, um, You know, if you're running a business, not running a business, just working a regular nine to five job, you know, you have to do what you need to do for yourself first. Yeah. Um, Before you can be, I think for like me, I try to do what I can so I can be better for others, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's tough because that's something that you can struggle with as well, especially if you don't feel good. Right. Or if you're hurting. Um, But then you also have to not sit around and complain about it and do something about it. Yeah. So that's why I'm starting keto next week. (laughs) 
And that's okay. Now. I don't want you to feel. I, I have no judgment whatsoever. No, I'll probably still. <laughs> I drink I'll, sodas occasionally. I'll probably too. still <laughs> drink another couple today. <laughs> I don't feel that bad about it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so, what are your plans for 2021? What do you have mapped out, and hopefully, they can happen. Honestly, so I went to this marketing workshop, I want to say about like three, maybe it was almost a month ago at this point. Mm -hmm. And my whole goal was to go there and like map everything out. I have, I'm typically somebody who's like really good at projecting and kind of like, you know, envisioning. And and I I really believe in the power of like, you know, manifestation Mm -hmm. and vision boards and all that. Honestly, I can't see. Like I'm having the hardest time figuring out Mm. what to do for next year because it's hard to tell whether are we going to be able to do in-person workshops? Am I going to be able to do, you know, that kind of stuff? So right now I'm focusing on, like I had this goal of moving into a bigger practice and Mm -hmm. I think that I'm going to put that on hold right now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just because it feels better to kind of be in a smaller place um, through this transition. Right. Um, because who knows how everything's going to play out. Right. Um, but then I'm also deciding to focus a lot on the, um, online stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's going to be where a lot of my, um, energy is. Cause now I feel like I've got my business, you know, I've got my, all the, the pieces, right. you know, now it's more of like maintenance for the physical practice. So now I'm starting to put in those pieces for sort of like my, I don't I have a hard time calling myself a coach. I don't know if I call myself a coach, mm-hmm. but like more of like a creator and kind of creating like courses and information and similar, like longer versions of what I do on TikTok, basically. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. For people. So. Yeah. And I think that's a great step because we don't know what's going to happen. Heck, we don't even know who our president is. Right. You know? And if we, <laughs> if we go one way, this can continue to what we've been used to for the past nine months or yeah. eight months. If we go the other way with that uh, candidate, supposedly there's going to be another shutdown. Yeah. And so you being proactive with the online stuff, and that's pretty much where it's at now. Yeah. You know? Um, being flexible. Being flexible, being able to do both or the majority here or there, but mm-hmm. at least you have, hopefully, potentially, will have those systems in place and set up. Yeah. Um, because I've, I've seen a lot of online businesses grow. Yeah. And a lot of brick and mortars go down and that's awful now obviously i hope you keep your local practice as well because you'll still have folks that are not afraid that want to come in that's Mm -hmm. going to live their life and try to improve their life hence they're coming to you yeah so um i like that i like as far as i mean i know it's a tentative plan (laughs) (laughs) very loose very very loose yeah that's why i said i have like nothing written down other than we're just gonna kind of see how it goes and go with the flow because that's all we can do right now that's all you can do yeah so um Tell me, who would be ideal, in your opinion, um, that you would first come to mind and say, who would need acupuncture? I know we kind of touched on some of the issues that folks may have physically, but your ideal client would be who? So my ideal client, honestly, are um, other caregivers. Okay. Um, similar to what I was talking about before, because... They don't put themselves first. Mm -hmm. They're typically the ones that, um, and they're taking care of everybody else. So those are the people that also need somebody to take care of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so honestly, I've been getting a lot of nurses lately. Mm -hmm. Um, As you can imagine with everything that's going on, Mm -hmm. um, I treat other, I treat a lot of chiropractors because Spartanburg's got a lot of chiropractors. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I treat, um, you know, moms, I treat um, other people that just are so used to giving. So that's sort of, I I feel like it's a, it's a funny term because it's a broad term. Um, it's not one specific category, but it's really just somebody who's a caregiver because those are the people that need that need help, and they're not going to spend as much time. Sometimes they need a little bit of nudge to say, hey, it's okay for you to prioritize one day a week to go mm-hmm. to yoga or mm-hmm. to do a meditation or to go for a walk or just to watch a Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. Like, that's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, that's um, still self-care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever that self-care is for them, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. there's not one right way. Right. Um, so that's who I would say my ideal client is. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So people that are... Busting her humps yes. and then doing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Gotcha. And that, those are typically the people that are dealing with chronic pain, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, so acupuncture works really well for chronic pain. And as you know, unfortunately, there's not a lot that 
you know, Western medicine can do for chronic pain. They either give you medication, which will work to a certain degree, but then it has its other consequences. It's just a Band-Aid. Yeah. And like you said, long-term effects. Yeah. You know, that's... I would... Okay, let me see if I'm using this right. Holistic? Yes. Is that the more appropriate term for natural? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It, holistic is more just this concept of... I mean, it's kind of a buzzword, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, in all honesty. Or you can say CAM, which is like... Um, what is that? Now I can't even think of what that, <laughs> but basically they say like alternative medicine or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But holistic is just this concept of you're not just treating the one piece, right? So for example, for if we, if you, we used you, for example, it's like just the low back pain. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not just that that's part of it, but mm-hmm. it's like a lot of times when people have low back pain, it's also because like they need to improve their core strength and like that will help. And you know, there's certain stretches and exercises and it's kind of looking at it and addressing it from multiple different angles and also recognizing that that one specific issue, somebody may have a specific multiple patterns that are associated with that issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And so addressing all of it, right? So like I have patients that do like headaches and migraines. For some people, headaches and migraines come from shoulder tension. Sometimes it's from hormones. Sometimes it's based upon what they eat. Mm. Um, You know, and so you really, it's not just giving them the same pill because they have the description of a headache. It's, It's the whole bigger picture. It's who that person is. And then we treat who that person is and their symptoms Mm -hmm. and then not just their symptoms, but their root core, like their core issue of why that thing happened in the first place. Gotcha. And that's the concept that we do in Chinese medicine. That's the concept of like pretty much any type of holistic care, like chiropractic does the same Mm -hmm. type of thing, natural, like naturopathy, like any of these types of alternative medicine. Typically we look at functional medicine they look at the different angles of what's going on because it's not just one system that's typically out of whack. Mm -hmm. You have multiple systems that are out of whack. And so you kind of have to write them all to help that patient. Right. That's just a branch of the root. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I I like how you go deeper instead of just wider. It seems like that's your approach with what you do. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And that's part of the reason why it's like, you know, you have multiple sessions Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we are, it's kind of like, like you said, we have to gain that momentum. And then once the momentum's there, Mm -hmm. not only is it that I'm getting the body's momentum, but I'm also getting the patient and the patient's mindset on the right track. So then, cause I'm giving them homework Mm -hmm. of like, Hey, do this stretch or like, you know, eat this particular type of food or do this additional piece so that you can get better faster. Right. Because it's not just me. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. it's going to take so much longer. Like I need to have the patient on board, too, so that we can work together as a team. Right. And if they're not working together, I imagine that makes your job a little bit more difficult. And they honestly, those those patients typically don't stay. Mm -hmm. So like the patients that like I get really good success, but it's because like at this point I've, I've learned to tell my patients like this is how long it's going to take. So if somebody's not up for giving me that. Like, I just don't treat them. Yeah, I can't, I can't commit to you if you're yeah. not going to commit to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I imagine that's, that's something you probably run into here and there. And, yeah. and then it's okay because yeah. you really probably want people that are going to want to make that, that swing in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's not always easy. Like we've talked about mm-hmm. and you do fall off, but I think for the most part, if you can just make your best effort about it, things will be a lot better. Exactly. Yeah. I gotcha. Well, I, I really like the conversation today. I've learned a lot. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. This was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. We've been an hour, over an hour. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and I don't want to keep you too long. No, that's okay. <laughs> um, because I know you probably have things to do, but tell everyone the name of your practice again. Yeah. So, um, my practice is Carolina Family Acupuncture. I'm in Spartanburg on the west side, right near Hatcher Gardens. Mm-hmm. And I've been there for about a year and a half. And then if you want to follow me, um, you can follow me on, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, both as Carolina Family Acupuncture and, um, Dr. Don Acudoc, which I'm probably going to change at some point, but that's the station on, on Instagram that has basically, if you're not on TikTok, but you want to watch all the videos from TikTok that I do, that's where I'm posting them now. Oh, okay. So gotcha. that's a good one to follow. Gotcha. And your TikTok username? Um, is Carolina Family Ac, 
you, I couldn't do the whole thing for puncture. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So, but yeah, if you put in Do- Dr. Don or Carolina Family Acu, um, you should find it. Okay. So Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming. I know you had a long drive and um, I think we covered a lot. Yeah. I think so. Um, I learned a lot and hopefully you guys did too. So mm-hmm. hopefully it helps you out. Definitely check out her channel for tips and tutorials on how to do things for yourself and if you are local in the area, because mm-hmm. a lot of local folks see this on YouTube, definitely check her out. Go visit her or set up some sort of consultation so she can help you out. Oh, yeah. So I should probably tell you this. I offer a free 15-minute consultation. And okay. you can either do that virtual, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you just want to kind of see if it's going to be a good fit before actually coming in. Because for some people, that's kind of a barrier. Um, right. Or you can come in and, and meet me in person and see the office. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, because we try to make it super easy. And we've got, um, while we don't take insurance, I do do, um, care plans to try to make it affordable for people so we can kind of spread out the payments. Um, is that care credit? Is that what that no, is? No, it's not care credit. Oh, Acupuncturists just... aren't allowed, like our profession, like our licensed can't do care credit for whatever reason, oh. but we do care plans. Okay. So basically, um, typically it's like three seventy five per month. Okay. Um, and that's the way that I structure it. Depending on how long you need treatment, we can kind of like put push it out for okay. as many months gotcha. um, but that seems to work really well so then people can kind of spread it out or you can also pay me as you go mm, and we take okay. um health savings account cards as well so if you are um from the hospital like i said i have a lot of um nurses and um hospital patients or like service providers mm-hmm. we take caregivers those. take care yep. of those that's good. You got at least some options to help folks out. Exactly. And and good old hard cash too. If yep. you if you got it. Yeah, we love cash. <laughs> yeah, we gotta survive. Yes. So that's a good thing. And we'll definitely hit her up for a consultation, whether that be virtual or in person. Um, Dawn, thank you so much for thank coming you. on. It was really enlightening having you. And I do appreciate um, what you're doing. Thank you. Because you're trying to help people improve their lives. And that's important, especially right now. Yeah. So hopefully you can do more of that next year yes in the ways that you want to do it <laughs> yes um whether that be on expanding online or you know bigger office so i wish you all the success and obviously we'll keep in touch because i'm sure maybe we can help each other out yes <laughs> physically and maybe help you out with the online stuff that'd be know? awesome <laughs> um, so that's a good thing so thank you guys uh we really appreciate you listening or watching this episode of small talk bigger ideas until the next one take care